My name is Jensen Karp, and I am a sports fan, which now just means I read stories online about Aaron Rodgers being blindsided by the Packers draft pick, or a detailed breakdown of what Joe Burrow's girlfriend wore on draft day. We've hit the bottom of the barrel. So taking a journalistic responsibility into my own hands, I'm talking to athletes and sports industry professionals about what they're doing in quarantine, hoping to figure out if they miss competing as much as I miss watching it. Oh, and thanks to you listeners, we're now a top new and noteworthy show on Apple Podcasts, all because of you. So continue to rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends and constantly refresh your phone until your fingers are bleeding and we release new episodes. It's all helpful. Anyway, this is the No Sports Report. Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher John Duplantier spent his 2019 rookie season in the bigs getting used to things. For a 25-year-old, finding your groove in the high-stakes culture of MLB isn't easy, but his transition was impressive. He got 15 appearances under his belt with three starts, and he picked up his first professional win. So this 2020 season was filled with high hopes, both for John and the Diamondbacks. But now, like the rest of the world, he's at home, wondering when things can go back to normal, and he can go back to working on his limitless potential. On this episode, I talked to the young hurler about our growing hair, being raised in Dubai and Jakarta, his mediocre yet promising record in MLB The Show's Player League, and rollerblades. Then, in another installment of Fandemic, I check in with Adam Pally, who you may know from Happy Endings, The Mindy Project, or NBC's Indebted, but I only know as the dad to eight-year-old Cole Pally, host of the incredible sports podcast Tiny Champions, who I spend most of my time talking to. It's quite an episode here on the No Sports Report. Call from... It's your boy, John DeFarnier. To accept, press 1. Press... Hello, John. Hey, Jensen. What's going on? I'm good, man. I wanted to find out where you've been quarantining. Houston. Houston, Texas. Okay. All right. So you play for the Diamondbacks. You are in Houston right now. Who are you quarantining with? Family. Parents and my brother. Okay. So it's... Because that's always crazy for me. It's like you, you know, you spent time in the minors. You probably haven't lived with your parents in quite some time. What is it like being back in the hold of your entire family? Last offseason was actually the first offseason that I didn't live at home. And I had an apartment down the street, and I was still I was over here all the time. So, yeah, this is normal. My room's still as it was and, and everything. So this is it, nothing new. I love that. You're just uh, you're in the mix with all your Little League trophies and stuff. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. How are you passing time? Uh, right now, pretty much video games. Mm-hmm. Just finished up the MLB Players League. John, we will get into that. You have you have some explaining to do. I'm I'm trying to see if there's things outside of video games, things that you may have picked up, new hobbies. I mean, there are 24 hours to kill at this point. Oh, no doubt. So, I mean, my dad and I we've been playing a lot of dominoes. Oh, um, as a family, we've been um, we've, we've gotten into some shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, shoot, I'm still working out. What are you binging? You can't just walk. You can't walk over that. Everybody cares about what what we've been picking up TV show wise. So we, um, I had already watched the first season of Westworld on HBO. And so as a family, we restarted it and we're into season three now. We watched Ozarks as a family. We binged that pretty good. We are also now watching the uh, show on Hulu called Castle Rock. Oh, yeah. That's the Stephen King universe thing. Yeah. We've been watching that. I'm not usually a big fan of that kind of stuff, but like it is uh, encapsulating. It, gra- it grasps you and it holds on to you. It does not let you go. Okay. I like this. I like this because uh, most people have said Ozark. A lot of people have said that. A lot of people said Tiger King. All, all you, you have the, the first different answer with Castle Rock. Now, 
I have a question because I, I watched the first few and then and then didn't follow up. But the first few were about Shawshank. But then I heard Misery comes into it, and so does the It Clown. Are those like big characters in later seasons? So I'm not sure. We're still in season one. Okay. Um, I don't know if there is more. Is there more than one season? I mean, I I think they have two. That's my guess. Okay. I hope they have two because I mean we're so we're in season one right now. We're probably in episode eight. And I haven't necessarily noticed specific characters making appearances, but you do see um, actors from previous Stephen King movies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, different. I, I mean, it's just like it's like the Marvel movies, all these different stories. Like, there's references to Cujo, there's references to Jack Torrance. I mean, that, the main actor who plays the kid is the same actor that plays Pennywise in it, you know. And there's a reference to he's been waiting for the protagonist from what I can tell. He's been waiting for, for 27 years. And that's the time frame of Pennywise's cycle. So there's a lot of parallels between it. Um, even the opening credits, you know, it shows pages from different books and, and newspaper clippings. You see the word Cujo and you see Shawshank. And so for somebody who wasn't, I'm not necessarily huge in the Stephen King stuff. It's kind of cool to, to realize like, okay, this is a whole thing. Like the Stephen King universe. I didn't appreciate it for what it really is until now. I am, I'm a big Stephen King head. I, I push you towards some of the books that you will also very much like, but I do think in season two, cause I think there are like 20 episodes or something, but I think in season two, okay. the Kathy Bates, Annie character does show up the, the sort of like, I'm your biggest fan kind of thing. Uh-huh. And you will love it. Okay. Especially, especially if you know misery, which, which is like an hour and 40 minutes. I do misery. Yeah. Misery is one of them. Misery is one of the ones that I know. Okay, good. So yeah, that, that'll, that'll be cool. I won't tell my mom. All right. Uh, I guess we need to get down to the nitty gritty. What are you doing about a haircut? So at first I was trying the no haircut just to let it go. You know, I'm not going to shave. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get a haircut because for the past couple of years, I mean, those have been pretty important things to me, you know, um, trying to upkeep your, your physical appearance. And so I gave up on the no shaving thing pretty quick because I realized, wait a minute, I don't grow a great beard. (laughs) So, okay, let me clean it up. At least I'll keep the goatee going, but I'll have to trim up the sides every now and then. And if I'm getting on a Zoom call or something, I'll I'll, I'll keep it clean. And then about a week ago, my dad, I went downstairs in the morning. My dad looked at me and said, you got to do something with your hair. Um, Either we're shaving it off or you got to let me cut it. We got to do something because this is bad. And I was like, all right, cool. Okay, fine. And so my dad used to cut my hair, me and my brother's hair when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a good job, you know, but it's probably been 13 years since he had cut my hair last, other than just shaving it off, right? Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Okay, cool. Let's just, let's cut it. And so he did it and it was good. I got a lot of compliments on it. Um, he did He did his thing. So yeah. uh, we are not hurting in the haircut department anymore for the rest of, as far as long as this lasts, hopefully not much, but yeah. I know we're okay. Well, yeah, it's like riding a bike. You went right back into it. My my wife cut mine. She did a fa- it was the first time she ever even held clippers or scissors or anything. She just went right into it. And I well, assumed it was going to end with me with a shaved head. But she did a great job. But just yesterday, because I feel like the difference between a professional hair cutter, barber, and uh, someone who just, you know, decides to do it during quarantine is the way it grows in. And I, I, I'm i starting to look like there's a balloon hovering over my head at all times. There's just like a little bit of <laughs> static cling just popping up. Uh, yeah. and that, I yeah. think, is the main difference that why I miss my barber, I think. Oh, no doubt. I miss going to the shop mm-hmm. because it's a, it's a whole experience, you know. Um, you go in. I mean, for me, I, I generally try and get in there, especially in all season. I get in there every two weeks. Yeah. 
you know, and, and go in there and see Mr. Frank, get there early so you can sit there and chat with who's in the chair and you kind of just catch up and it becomes this routine, right? It's, um, it's comfortable. And then it kind of throws you off your rhythm. We can't get in there. Mm-hmm. So I miss the great haircut, yeah. you know, I miss the conversation and the music, but like, it's more like this just social interaction that we're missing. And I mean, we're, we're all yearning for it. And exactly. you don't realize like, Oh wait, the barbershop provided that too. Like, gosh, dang it. Yeah. Speaking of social, do you see a lot of kids on bikes in your neighborhood? A lot more walking than normal? A ton of walking, yeah. Um, not, I wouldn't say too, too many bikes. Not more bikes than normal, but definitely more people outside walking. Or if normally, say, cause we have a dog, so we'll walk the dog. And if you're walking a dog, normally you see like a dad outside doing stuff in the yard. Mm-hmm. More times than not now, you'll see a kid outside playing out in the yard you know, while the dad's doing something or outside playing with the dad in the yard or mom or whatever. It's almost like, wait a minute, when did, when did that become strange to me? Yeah. You know, like that's just how it was. Um, when I was growing up, I felt like we were outside a lot more though. We did play more video games, but like we were outside all the time. And so I'm just starting to notice like kids are outside more now. Yeah, I, I normally I'll walk my dog in the morning and I'll have my earbuds in or whatever listening to music. And now I've realized I see so many people on the way, I have to be ready for the good mornings. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think in this, I've lived here for like two years. I don't think I've said good morning once until the pandemic. Wow. I don't think I've even seen one person out that early. Wow. Yeah. And now I have to, now I have to basically weave in and out of kids. I mean, listen, I'm fine. I'm not being the old man on the lawn. I'm just saying it is a completely new lifestyle but i think you're right it harkens back to the days when when you were a kid or i was a kid or even our, our parents and grandparents were kids mm-hmm. i mean it's almost heartwarming you know like everybody every time you're outside walking around like even if you're just walking i mean my neighbors have have like picnics in their yard you know and so you go out there and you're about to go on a walk and you see them and you say hey like what's going on like oh ooh, because everybody's connected through what's going on right now we're all getting through this together absolutely you spent time uh, growing up in both Dubai and Jakarta. I, I think a lot about Americans who are living outside of their home country, outside the USA, away from their families during this time. Have you ever, like during this, as it went through your mind, like, oh man, I'm so happy to be here with my family. Like it's so much, is it more difficult to even imagine facing this internationally? Oh, I couldn't imagine doing this um, in a foreign country. I, I didn't like the prospect of doing it in another state when, when things kind of started to hit the fan, you know, my mom was actually out in Arizona with me when the facilities got shut down and, and stuff like that. And we made the decision to come home when we did, because I was like, I don't want to be sheltered in place here. I'd rather be with a family, you know? So you can say it's just 16 hours down the road if you're driving, but like, shoot, could you imagine being outside the borders? No, I, I couldn't. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, spring training and your time there, you, you spent your first season in the majors last year with the Diamondbacks, played 15 games, started to really find your groove there at the end. Uh, what does this type of postponement do to your growth, like kind of shortening spring training? What, what did Were you really looking forward to that time to, to sort of understand the pros a little more? I mean, no doubt. You know, if, there, if there's one thing that Everybody, I think, shares this fact of like, okay, we have, we have the opportunity to play, and we we love that opportunity. You know, like we want to play. Um, getting the taste that I got last year, those 15 appearances, that was it for me. I, I mean, I had I had success, I had struggles, and I was really looking forward to just continuing to to ride that. You know, like get better um, every day. Talk to whoever I could to talk to whoever I can to learn something. We got a new pitching coach. I had great conversations with him. We got some new faces on our team, you know, on our staff. And um, I was really looking forward to the opportunity. I'm still looking forward to the opportunity to learn from those guys. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I was really excited about this year, especially for our team. Our team is going to do something special. I have a good feeling. I think we still will once we get rolling again. But, man, it kind of hurt and hit in the gut to get the postponement that we did. Sure. Well, I'm excited to see you on the field as well. But I, let's get into something very serious before we get into MLB The Show. Uh, I spoke with yeah. a former league player, uh, a guy who's who's playing the show with you, Gavin Lux, about quarantine shoes. Now, I saw on your Instagram I saw the Travis Scotts. I saw some very impressive ones. <laughs> what are you doing during quarantine? Because then I'll tell you what Gavin is doing. And it's it's truly a disgusting horror of a revelation. Is that right? Yeah. So I am doing my best to not buy shoes. Ooh. Um, I still, I've probably still bought three pairs of shoes okay. um, since we've been going. You know, and, and it's just, you got to kill time of the day, right? And yep. Every now and then that, that means going on and kind of just perusing the web, just, just cruising through the web and see what they got. And usually Nike has something that catches my eye, but I'm, I'm trying my best because, I mean, being at home um, in my parents' house, the shoe boxes, I got big feet and they take up a lot of space. Yeah. So I got to kind of pick, pick and choose my battles. Agreed. What's Gavin doing? It's so sad. Gavin Lux, a Nike collector, much like you and I, uh, he just is right now looking for comfort. And I, I hate to admit it, but he's wearing Crocs. Hey, you know, so he's he... <laughs> yeah. Don't sleep on Crocs. I'm not going to say I'm a Croc connoisseur, mm-hmm. but um, I've had some good runs with Crocs in terms of comfort. You know, uh, back in my high school football days, uh, they, they they treated me well. Now, instead of Crocs, I've I've been a big um, UGG house slippers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm with you, John. How house shoes? I'm in. I'm in. It's just you know he he's looking like a guy who on weekends goes to the movies and asks people what they're seeing, but doesn't buy a ticket. Like that's, that's the croc vibe. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not what I'm, I'm not trying for that. Is he wearing socks with him at least? Is he wearing socks and no socks? That's what I want to know. He said socks. I did ask him even off air. I, it's almost like I had a follow-up question, like the way you might have with a politician. Like, Oh, I got to follow up for this article. I did ask him and he said socks. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I feel like if that gets out during this players league, he's not going to live it down. I gotta text Bo right now. I gotta tell Bo oh, yeah. he plays Gavin in the in the playoffs to to make sure that the the chat spams that. Yeah, I gotta tell everybody. If I could feed Bo Bichette more trash talking, I will do it. But let's get into players' league. I do not want to put you on the spot here, but tell me what happened. You you, you barely got to five hundred, fifteen and fourteen. Did not make the playoffs. What what was your history with video games, but especially the show going into this? So my my gaming history is pretty sporadic now. Am I bad at video games? I don't. I wouldn't consider myself bad. Am I good at video games? I wouldn't consider myself good. I'm that guy that when you need a fourth in Warzone, I'm there. You know, I'm there. Right. Do I add something to your team? Maybe. You know, but I do bring a lot of good energy. That is a great way to sell to your team. Am I a good asset? Maybe. Maybe. You know, in video games. Now, it depends what you need, but guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to be the biggest cheerleader in that chat. Great. Y'all going to have confidence because I'm there, right? So, mm-hmm. In terms of the show this year in the tournament, I've never actually played online. That was new to me, you know, not playing against computer where it's like other guys and like you're sitting there trying to figure out, okay, some of these guys are really good. And I had to hone my skills. Like I swung at everything yeah. early on, everything, you know. I actually had a couple guys reach out, like Amir Garrett was like, yo, you need to take some pictures, dude. <laughs> you, you need to take some pictures. Like I had some fans helping me out, giving me some tips in the uh, stream chat. Mm-hmm. So I think over the course of my players tournament experience i grew as a player i grew as an mlb the show 20 baseball player yeah that's all you can ask for 100 percent. it's yeah constant growth every day just one percent better than you were yesterday that's my goal 
So haven't heard that we won't be continuing it maybe in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard that we will. But if they decide and the, and the prospect is open, I'm, I'm definitely going to be prepared. I'm going to be prepared for that. But yeah, I mean, 15-14, quite frankly, the way some of those guys are swinging the bat in that league, I'm actually, I'm actually like, okay, I can live with that. I'll say that too. I can live with that because I know where we started. Exactly. I'll, I'll agree with you because if you're a casual player and you're going up against guys like Gallo who seem to be, they could like do it professionally, I think 15-14 is a pretty good showing. Well, I beat Gallo. Yeah, and you beat Gallo even crazier. Oh, I got that W. Yeah, oh yeah, I got him. Bo got me. Yeah, but and I beat Lux. Yeah, no, we we held our we can hold our own. You know, I'm telling you. Well, I mean, it is the only time where I can hear a, a major league baseball pitcher say he's happy he heard from the fans uh, on some things he could do differently. <laughs> right. I mean, I heard some stuff that I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not gonna pitch it right here. Like, uh, uh-uh. but there was some stuff that were like, hey, man, like. If you use this setting, like usually you don't hang as many pictures. You just got to be pretty. You got to get used to it. And I was like, okay, like dope. I appreciate that. You know, like some scouting report stuff. They're trying to help your boy out anywhere they could. All right. Well, I had brought this up with Dwight Smith Jr. as well, but I I love that this whole league showed off the personalities of some of these players, which is something that a lot of people complain about with baseball that we don't get to see you guys sort of individually as much as we'd like to. I mean, Brett Phillips was playing with eye paint, black eye paint under his eyes. Amir Garrett, who you brought up, was wearing a full uniform. Right. Uh, I guess you've already shown your hand here, but is this something you would like to do during the offseason next year or even twitch more during the season? I think definitely in the off season, I'm probably going to be on Twitch more because like that's one thing I do. Like me and the guys get on, we play Call of Duty. I'll get on, I'll play the show. And so why not? You know what I mean? Like why not at least every now and then, you know, get on there and, and, and hang out, you know, like I like interacting with fans. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that this, uh, all this quarantine stuff is like, we don't have baseball games right now and it's tough because I want to be playing baseball, but like I really miss showing up to the yard and like going and giving a kid some knuckles or like signing a ball for a kid and he loses his mind because I signed a baseball for him, yeah. you know, um, taking a picture with fans. Like I miss interacting with fans. So that Twitch for me during, this, during quarantine has been, has been that and it's given me my fill. So um, I'm, I'm definitely looking into doing that, whether I'm playing Call of Duty or if I'm playing the show or any other game. Yeah, imagine that kid who, who loves getting the autograph. Now he can actually play the show against you. That's ins- If I got to play right. the show against like Barry Larkin growing up, I would have maybe just called it a day right there and, and uh, never played a video game again. <laughs> Man, it's cool. You know, like I played, um, I played a game with a kid out here and he got in the party and the first thing that he said is like, his dad was sitting by him. He's like, dad, I'm playing with a big leaguer. And I was sitting there like, dude, you're playing with John. (laughs) (laughs) But in his eyes, it's so, it's so different, you know? And, and every now and then, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's heartwarming and it makes me giddy on the inside, you know, to, to kind of get those reactions. So who do you have winning it all? Who's your, who's your pick for the show champion from the players league? No, I think it's snow. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just, just off of my last experience, I yesterday I played against them. Dude, I could not see the change of down the zone. Mm-hmm. And then everything I threw just smacked. So I don't know if that was my skills. Probably a little bit. But dude's got math skills. No, I mean, listen. Hey, you beat Gallo, and then you <laughs> you lost to Snell. So that means, I mean, listen, I'm good at one plus one. I, I might I might have to agree with you. Hey, fair enough. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, it's still baseball, you know? It's baseball. It's video game baseball, but it's baseball. So whoever catches hot, you know, whoever catches fire at the right time, I mean, I could say Snell just based off of empirical data. Mm-hmm. You know, Amir's been really good. He, I know he beat Snell before in the Just Look Bull Player round-robin tournament. Mm-hmm. 
But, I mean, Weissman Jr., he knows what he's doing with the Orioles. Yeah. You know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's like a manager. That's what I'm saying. He knows what he's doing, and he's he's smacking baseballs all over the park. So, you know, who knows? Just whoever catches fire at the right time. That's just how baseball goes. Well, uh, we like to end this with something positive and then something totally stupid. So let's start with asking you the the positive thing. Is there anything going on in our society right now during the quarantine, during the pandemic, that you hope kind of sticks around for when everything is cured and, and we feel better? Um, I, I mean, I'm not sure how it is everywhere, but I, I feel a heightened sense of empathy between people. Mm-hmm. You know, literally everybody is dealing with the same thing right now. So if somebody rubs you the wrong way or they have to cancel or something or they can't make something or they do something, there's always a reason to step back and say, okay, hey, why? Why may they do this? Or why am I feeling this way about something? And then they can go and, okay, you know what? I get it. You know, there's just there's a heightened level of empathy. I know I've been feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad and I talked about it. So I hope that sticks around. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. To go from something so smart uh, and well said to this stupidity, I feel dumb. But here are some suggestions that I've written down for you. Uh, things during the quarantine that I think uh, that I think all of us can do, but in particular, things for if you're bored. Uh, first up, this has a little bit to do with me as well. You are from Texas. I have been to Texas. That's the uh, connection we have. Cool. Here's the idea I have. I have been thinking about my favorite restaurants in other states. Obviously, restaurants are having a difficult time, especially the small businesses, family-owned. A lot of them will send you food no matter what state you're in. So, for example, like Porto's. uh, My wife and I had Porto's sent to us. We had Skyline Chili sent to us. And I looked up, even though they sell out within minutes, you can keep refreshing the Ironworks Barbecue website, and they will eventually restock their barbecue packages. And they're not a sponsor of the show or anything, even though I would definitely take them on if they want to be. But you could get beef brisket, all beef sausage, baby back ribs, chili. These are all things you can just get sent to you at any point, even if you're not in Texas. Really? Yeah. So like, think about the times you've been traveling. You know, obviously Houston's known for great food, but traveling to other cities, you could have anything from Houston. Look up on their website. A lot of them will just mail it to you, all iced out and everything. Huh. Yeah. It's okay. You, I would have never thought. There you go. See, good to know. All right, second suggestion. Yeah. I have not I have not been able to talk to a hockey player yet here on the No Sports Report. I've been hoping to. Yeah. But I've been reading online that they're onto something because a lot of them are staying active and warm in their sport despite not having any ice to skate on by purchasing rollerblades. They're just rollerblading in the street? I, that, I guess. I mean, reports are saying, and I, I looked this up, did a little research, inline skate sales have jumped over 500% during the pandemic, which is easy to do when you sell like six in 2019. But I guess it's an alternative to skateboarding or biking. Would you ever be caught dead rollerblading in 2020? 100%. Great. I was a big rollerblader when I was, when I was a kid, and I would not be opposed to, to getting on some rollerblades like today. I, w- I wouldn't be opposed Good. Yeah, so <laughs> it's got a cool, it's got a cool like throwback vibe to it. Hundred percent. I would I, again. It's got to be like a ne- a neon or a lightning or something like that. It's got to be like a cool look. Hundred percent. I have to wear a neon shirt okay. and some short shorts. Clear. Hundred uh, percent. It's got drip. Okay. Last one. This is a business idea. I do not want to come off as opportunistic. So hear me out. Yeah. A lot of restaurants and, and small businesses, unfortunately, no matter how much we have delivered across state, is they're going to go out of business, especially those that depend on large crowds. So I see a chance for you to join something that's already established. It will need a small financial like kick or even like a full takeover. But I'd like to pitch you on the idea of uh, Duplantier and Buster's. 
And Buster? Yeah, okay, on Buster. So there's no way that both Dave and Buster will be able to survive this. Ah. So you can like slide in as the new partner and it'll just be like business as usual. I I don't think that, you know, your name sounds as easy off the tongue as Dave and Buster's does, but in in time they'll get used to it. I think you can go instead of Dave and Buster, you can go Dupe and Buster. Ooh. I like that. That's like is that a nickname you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody everybody calls me Dupe around baseball. I had all these shirts made up of Duplantier and Busters. I don't know what I'm going to do with them now. <laughs> but that is that is a better name. But listen, you'd own all the ski ball, all the weird jump rope game they have, the 5,000 calorie alcohol drinks, all that stuff. The tickets, they'd all be yours. <laughs> that might not be a bad idea. I have to, t- I have to talk to somebody about that. All right. We have to make a call. Dupe and Busters. Uh, John, thank you for talking to me, man. Stay safe and healthy with your family. No, and and excited to get you out there in, in a new season of baseball. Thank you. Likewise. Hope you all are healthy and safe. After this break, my fandemic chat with actor Adam Pally and his son, the next big star of podcasts, Cole. Right now, Feeding America is working tirelessly to ensure our most vulnerable populations, like students who are out of school, the elderly, individuals whose jobs are impacted, and low-income families continue to have access to food and other needed resources during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Feeding America Food Bank Network is committed to serving communities and people facing hunger in America, and their greatest need is donations and support of local food banks. This podcast is committed to donating a portion of the proceeds from the show to Feeding America, and we hope that you can join us in this effort too. Find out how you can help at feedingamerica.org backslash COVID-19. And now my fandemic chat with actor Adam Pally and his very opinionated son, Cole. Hey man. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. I'm. You know why I'm calling. You, this is. I, I. I definitely want to get to the man of the hour as soon as I possibly can. But it is important for me to ask you: How did eight-year-old Cole Pally become my favorite sportscaster? <laughs> I'm going to hand you over to him because he's very excited to do his first interview. Well, I mean, but we need to know how this came together for you. I feel like you have <laughs> a normal eight-year-old, and then one day he just turns into a WFAN analyst. Well, all, first of all, that happens with all children. All of a sudden, they're like a normal child, and then they start to show their skills and, and talents. It's Jensen. Um, Danielle says hello. Uh, has a baby. <laughs> hello. Hello. She's doing well. Doing well. She, I mean, well, I mean, I can only hope my child, if he's 10 months old now, but I, I'm hoping one day he just starts talking about how Scottie Pippen's underpaid. You know what I mean? <laughs> I Trust me, it may not be that topic, but there are plenty that they will surprise you with. And it's, you know, he just, he, he loves sports and we're both bummed. There's no sports during the quarantine. And we, you know, we, we, we thought it'd be fun to do something like this. And it actually has been uh, a lot of work for dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure for, for everybody, it's been a lot of, I mean, you guys put together both a YouTube presentation and the podcast. Yes. Uh, I mean, did, did, is he always been so opinionated? Yes. He's always been so opinionated. He always will tell you what he likes and doesn't like. And he also from a young age has been able to hear and mimic things very well. So I think a lot of what you're hearing is, you know, stuff that he has overheard mm-hmm. and put his own spin on, <laughs> but he'll tell you, he'll tell you that. Uh, in his own words, too. All right. Well, let's get Cole on. All right. Hold on a second. Cole, are you ready? Yeah. Here you go, boy. Hi. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Nothing. Well, I'm very excited to talk to the host of the Tiny Champions podcast. I have my own sports podcast right now called No Sports Report, where we talk to athletes while they're in quarantine. You 
are now a sports industry professional. You're an industry head, whatever you would call this. <laughs> As a personality in sports, what got you to do this podcast? Um, probably because uh, I was born with no sports. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was watching ESPN for five days straight. Yes. When I had no school. Okay. And uh, really just playing football because I had nothing to do. But why, why? I mean, what is it about sports and talking about sports that you like? That you like? Um, I like, uh, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean... Who are your role models and, and your inspiration? Like, what sportscasters do you enjoy? Probably, uh, my favorite is Dion. Okay. Dion Sanders. Yeah. And... Uh, Primetime. He's very, he's very opinionated. He has a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Question. Cole, you ready? Yeah. I want to hear your opinion on who who were the winners of this NFL draft. Um, probably um either the uh Cowboys mm-hmm. or yeah, I don't really know because uh yeah, I couldn't watch the whole draft. How come you couldn't watch the whole draft? Well, if I was in LA, yes, mm-hmm. three hour time difference. <laughs> right. And uh, well, I'm in New York, and uh, yeah. And you had to you had to go to sleep. Yes. Were you able to see Joe? Were, were you able to see Joe Burrow go first? Yes, I was. I watched the whole the first seventeen, mm-hmm. first eleven on podcast. Right. Right. I was not happy about the eleventh pick. Why? What was wrong with the 11th pick? Well, they said that he was the biggest bust potential in the draft, so leave it down to the Jets to pick him. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I, I, did you, were you a Joe, a Joe Burrow fan? Did you, were you happy with his number one selection? Yes. Yeah, and, and did you get to see him play at LSU at all? I did. And you think he's the real deal? No. Wait, why do you think he's not the real deal? I mean, he might, but the team around him is... Well, they haven't made the playoffs in 29 years. Is that true? Yeah, 1991. Wow. Okay. 1991 was the last time they made the playoffs. So you said that Adam, your your, your dad, is a Jets fan. Yeah. Are you a Giants guy? Yes, I am. And so what do you think the Giants, what, what is their prospect for this coming season, if there is one? I mean, you know, when they go back on the field, what, what do you expect from the Giants? Um, I expect bad defense, but medium offense. That's good. That's leveled expectations. Uh, who's your favorite football player? Probably of all time. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Taylor. Oh, that's good. And then today, Saquon. Oh, both good players. I wouldn't Google Lawrence Taylor, though. Not worth the whole story. Um, you're in New York right now. There's uh, pretty strong rumors going around about Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez purchasing the Mets. What do you think of that? I think um, he's a traitor because, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, so, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you expect? Like, what, what do you, why, why is he a traitor to the Yankees? Explain to people who might not know. Because... He was a big Yankees player. I mean, after he stopped cheating. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, I mean, once you're retired, 
you can really do whatever you want. You know, like, do anything you want in that league. You know, like, no one would really care. Right. And you think you think the stuff that he did do is kind of anti-Yankees? I mean, if that's a word, but yes. If he, if he buys the Mets, that's kind of like the most anti-Yankee thing he can do. Yeah, because they're rivals of New York. Exactly. Who's the best New York team? It, well, I mean, I, it's pretty much the Yankees. It would be, I, I'm a Mets guy, but it would be hard for me to argue that, yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple other questions, and then we'll let you go. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously the big NFL story of this offseason, going to Tampa Bay, then now being joined by Gronk. Do you see those two guys connecting like they used to in the heyday, but now in Tampa Bay? Yes and no. Because when he when Gronk was in New England, he he got so many touches because they had no one else. Mm-hmm. Like the last time Tom Brady did a good receiver was probably Randy Moss. Right. So but I mean you don't you don't see you don't see like Edelman as, as a good option? I mean yes, but they would use him a lot on screens and then he would just take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so also they have more options in Tampa Bay. So if so, he's not going to get as many touches and as many touchdowns. Sure. But yeah, probably the same, just less of everything because more options. Sure. It sounds like you have hope for the new Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're a new look team, obviously. I do. If they go to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I mean, they got home court advantage. It's in Tampa. That's true. That's very true. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, there's a Michael Jordan documentary going on right now that everybody's talking about, yeah. and they're considering him the greatest of all time. You are part of the LeBron generation. You've yeah. never got to see Michael Jordan necessarily play live because of your age. Who do you consider to be the greatest basketball player of all time? That's LeBron, because I've watched LeBron in games, seen LeBron play, um, mm-hmm. and... Uh, but the only time I've seen Michael Jordan play is in on a TV playing 2K. So right, right. But I wouldn't. I don't like saying who's the best of all time because mm-hmm. I've never watched. I've never grew up watching Michael Jordan. Okay. But I would say he's the best of all time. But then LeBron's like the prince. Sure, Prince LeBron. And in 2K, if you have to pick between Jordan or LeBron, do you always take LeBron? Um, Jordan. Okay, that makes sense. Lastly, uh, you are now an industry professional. You are a broadcaster. Yeah. These are important things for you. Very excited for the future. But, you know, sometimes people ask you questions outside of your, you know, your expertise. And I wanted to ask you what you thought of your father on his new TV show on NBC. Um, I think it's a good show. How, yeah, what do you think of your dad's performance? good okay i mean i the thing is i've already seen all the episodes because i was there for most of them right you're an insider so whenever like i was there for when they made the first episode so when everybody was laughing i was just sitting there because i already knew what was gonna happen (laughs) that does ruin it that does ruin it well Cole, I'm so excited to see where the Tiny Champions podcast takes you. I, I'm a huge fan, and I, I, I'm looking forward to sports being back, mostly so I could hear what you think about everything. Uh, thank you, and goodbye. Thanks, Cole.
The No Sports Report is produced and distributed by Treefort Media. The show is executive produced by Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, and me, Jensen Kark. Our series producer is Matthew Kugler. Tom Monahan is our senior audio engineer and sound supervisor with additional production help from Tim Schauer, June Rosen, and Haley Mandelberg. With production and editing by Jasper Leak. Our theme music is composed by Spilkus. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe, rate us, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You have nothing else to do. Send it to your friends, tweet, share, post about it, do whatever you can. And please visit feedingamerica.org. And if you're able to make a donation, any amount will help make a difference. And you can learn more about other ways to help on their website. For more information on the No Sports Report, links to the socials, and for our show transcripts for the hearing-impaired listeners, please go to treefort.fm. Be safe and be well.